Kelly. Connor. There's big news that we cannot avoid talking about. Oh my God. That's what we're starting with this, on this show? Yeah. This I literally just said. I know. I know. Listen, <sighs> I've got a mustache again. Oh, that's what it is. Thank <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> my face has fallen to the mustache regime. I liked it. And I can't say it wasn't violent, but it's peaceful now. For now, we have a peace between the mustache and the soul patch. Until I sit on your face and get all gross, Kelly. God, why do you always have to make it about sex, dude? (laughs) Jesus, fuck. Why you gotta be like that? I'm just trying to have a nice. It's the morning time. Eight o'clock in the morning. We are recording this at eight a.m. Coffee in hand. This was a Connor special. Yeah, you need to get. It to, I could be recording politically homeless right now. This is your warm up, fucker. It's not a warm up. This isn't like the foreplay to my podcast. It this is. is it's, a, it's a. It's an utter distraction. It gets you going. It does not get the people going. You no. like this? I guess. Whatever. Don't tell me what I like. You don't know me. Oh, I know what are we talking about today, Kelly? I know all I do like. is I wake up and I get told that I'm doing this fucking podcast and I'm just trying to admire a mustache in the bathroom. No. What are we doing? What, what's happening? He's not self absorbed, you guys. It's fine. What's happening? I want to talk about. Being slutty. Because you a hoe. I'm a hoe. Faux show. No. So you posted a video and you had zoomed in on my butt. Yeah. While I was working out and some girl came at you. Yeah. I came at her too. I was pretty mean. You were mean. We got in a little talk about it and I told you not to be like that. But what did she say to you? I mean, she's, well, it was frustrating because she was like, men are so baboonish. And yada, yada, yada. I was like, dude, what the, who the fuck are, first off, I don't know you. I've never like, I don't have like a dialogue with you. And she was like, I can never, I, I can't ever find men. Which is, this is what it was really about is that she can't find like a quality man. I wonder why, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, because men, apparently you don't nag people that you don't fucking know very well. One of those people on a first date, she's like, this is what my criteria are. And if you don't fit them, you can fuck right off. Like, yeah, of course you don't find anybody. Like that's, that's where we're at here. But it was, yeah, she called men like baboonish and me baboonish by the same thing. And I was like, what in the fuck are you talking about? And then I did call her a sexist asshole because she was being a sexist asshole. You also said something to the degree of like, how do you know that Kelly doesn't like that I'm like this? Yeah, I said, well, I said that she, like, you're with me probably because of this shit that I do. Right. For whatever fucking reason, which is weird to everyone. Everyone is surprised. Don't get me wrong. Everyone is surprised. Everyone is is astonished (laughs) at what has transpired. But, yeah, it was just weird. And it was like, then I sent, but also in that text, I sent her videos of, like, me doing that to myself. And, like, it's just like a thing you do when you're doing, like, butt stuff. You know what I mean? When you're doing, like, I was doing, yeah, I've done that before. There's old videos of me, like, zooming in progressively through a workout, like, on my butt or someone else. It's just like, it is what it is. I don't know. And then you also post photos of yourself, like, naked frolicking in goddamn fields like a fairy. So, like, I don't understand. Like, I was like, this is not, none of this is inappropriate. No one was naked. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You're in your, like, workout pants. Yeah. Doing RDLs. And I was very proud of you. Um, and you were getting that butt going, dude. So what, what am I supposed to say? Butt stuff. It just wasn't like, it wasn't inappropriate. It was like funny. It wasn't. So then, you know, I told you to not stoop to her level and name call because I hate when you do that. And I think well, that she blocked me we're immediately better afterwards. Than that. That's good. And I blocked her. So Ooh, Ooh. third grade, you're not invited to the party, but I went ahead and I posted a video, uh, zooming in on your ass. And I yeah, said that thick, for the kind quarter right there for anyone who thinks that it's wrong for you to be objectifying me, I objectify you probably more. And I like it when you call me a slut. Yeah. So that followed with a bajillion responses from girls in my community being like, I love when my boyfriend calls me a slut too. <laughs> 
And so I thought it would be an interesting conversation to have because I think we in, you know, in our society, slut and whore are terms that we deem to be so bad. And you don't want to be called a slut because that means you're doing bad things and you're sleeping with too many people or you're, you know, having sexual rendezvous or one night stands, all these things that are, are deemed so bad. And I think it's funny. I'm in a very committed relationship with you. We're about to get married and I couldn't love it more when you are fucking me from behind, <laughs> holding my face down into a pillow, calling me a dirty slut. And that's just the reality of it. Why are you shaking your head? It's just a lot. It's just a lot to say to people. Like, what are you doing? I think that it's helpful because (laughs) I do. Because for me, if I had been called a slut as a young woman versus being called it today, it feels so different. And well, because you're not a fucking kid. That's the thing. It's like if you're if you're like it's like same thing. If you can be called all kinds of names as a kid, and like you're always gonna take that shit personally because you're a kid. It's like okay, let's just keep going back. We'll we'll like go. we'll, We'll rewind the human behavior like clock to like as a child, mm-hmm. right? Like as a, a legit child, not being called a slut, but like a five or a six year old. And like, there's a point where it's like, you don't have the the capacity mentally to delineate between like what's real and what's not. So like the monster under your bed is as real as, as a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in your mind, it's incredibly feasible that that monster is under your bed or in your closet or whatever. Right. In the same way that when you're like an adolescent, you don't really do a great job delineating like what's, like you, you when you take things everything fucking personally, but it's like what you should take personally and what you shouldn't take personally. Yeah. It's a little bit more advanced situ like manifestation of a similar thing. Whereas when you're a fucking adult, you should be able to like understand the nuance of like when someone's calling you a slut in a safe environment that's consensual versus someone that you don't like. If some random person on a on a you know a subway or in the street like called you a slut, that would be weird and abrasive. You know what I mean? Like that's a different thing. Or a whore, which is like a whore is a strong word. Whore is a strong word. Strong word, word. So it's like, or just like any kind of like you need these things. It's like you also like the way getting called an asshole or whatever is like a different. It's just a different thing. It's a, I don't know, but like part when of, I call you a piece of up. shit, it's like a term of endearment. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you understand the nuance in speech. Like one thing can mean lots of things. I use the word fuck, for example, like fuck can mean 11 million things mm-hmm. depending on where the comma is in the sentence or how it's italicized. Right. It's like, it just doesn't matter. It is what it is. So I think that there's part of that where it's like just growing up and you're like, okay, well these things mean, they really mean whatever I wanted to mean based on the situation. Yeah. Circumstances. Yeah. I just, I think it's super interesting because I felt a lot of a lot of shame around my body and sex and I always wanted to be the good girl and do things right. And it's just been an interesting learning experience when well, let me back up. I think it's more interesting to provide a little context. I am in a committed relationship with you and kind of <laughs> I also like can't wait to be the mother of your children. I can't wait to marry you. And at the same time, still want to be a novel sort of piece of ass that you desire. And when you call me a slut, it feeds this need within myself to be able to check that box. It feels like, oh, I'm still like the hot girl that is desired rather than the woman who is building a life with you. Not that that's not okay. It's just, we want both, right? We don't want to be pigeonholed. And I think that's where a lot of relationships and marriages go awry. If you watched Sex Life, you know, 
especially for women, we don't want to just be the wife. We don't want to just be the caretaker. We still want to be sexy. Our sex drive is actually increasing as we're getting older. And it's just so interesting to be in a situation where I'm, I'm learning this right now and I'm super aware of it, of how that triggers me in a positive way and makes me desire myself more. And it's funny to me that it's a term that is so frowned upon and looked down upon in society. But that's why that's why it's sexy. Like if it was like a normal thing. Right. Then it wouldn't be attract. Like it's 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 that's it's taboo. It's like right. a thing, but it also like it's like yeah, you want to. But and sometimes it's like that's that's the that's the benefit, right? It's like sometimes if you're if your person can view you as a partner and also a sex object, depending on which side situation you're in, then you've now you've uh, have variability within your sexual encounters as to like what can happen. They can go very different ways because you know via the Madonna horror complex, like you'll get into ruts and you'll do some different things. So like you need to be able to almost like project whatever fantasy you have onto your partner in a certain way, which may sound unhealthy and I'm not a relationship therapist. So who, what the fuck do I know? I'm just telling about my talking about myself here, but it's like, you can project it onto it. It's almost like a different person, right? Esther Perel talks about that mm -hmm. and like wearing wigs and different things, but you can do that with your imagination as well. And sometimes you are a slut. Sometimes you are my like future wife. I don't know. It, it, for 10 minutes, you can be something different. Mm -hmm. I can just make shit up. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like role play in a little bit easier of a, of a fashion in a certain way. It's like, but it's a role play. It's more of a projection. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm projecting that you are this, you know? Okay. So that like brings, you think that I'm like, you pretend that I'm a woman oftentimes. I do not. And since I have supple breasts, it actually, <laughs> it actually works out. And, and a yeah, big old mangina. Until you go down on me and I'm like, damn, that's a lot of facial hair. <laughs> that is not soft. Like you don't, a lady. You, that doesn't happen with the ladies. No, your hands are a little uh, more rough and ginormous. Oh. <laughs> I like little ladies. You need to find some rugby player out there. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> with a little stubble and some calluses. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Um, so you bring up an interesting point. When we first started dating uh, and we were going back and forth between being guests on each other's shows, uh, we did talk about the Madonna Horror Complex and that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. You brought it up on the show and we had a really cool conversation around it. And I've actually been able to help quite a few people, actually men in my community and friends. And I had someone I used to work with in television and we were really close. And he actually, I don't know if I told you this, he messaged me a couple months ago and said, Hey, I need to talk to you about a situation I'm going through. And it was basically a Madonna whore situation where he had a lot of feelings for this girl, but cared so much about her. He had trouble performing. He had trouble getting it up and keeping it up. And he was really struggling. And so I was explaining to him Madonna whore. So I would love, and it was really helpful for him because it put him at ease because he thought something was wrong with him. And I was like, no, this is super normal. A lot of people go through this. So for people who are new to the show, I would love for you to explain Madonna whore. And then I would love to talk about that and just how it's kind of transitioned in our relationship. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying, I can try to boil this down, yeah. but there's numerous episodes if you want to go back, but essentially what the Madonna whore complex is, I think this may have actually come. I did. I talked to you talk about this a lot because it was something I was dealing with. So it came in through my, in the realness podcast back in the day. I think the Freud came up with this. Which a lot of his stuff is like, meh. And even this to the extent that I think he was going with, he's like, and then your mom's a whore and you want to fuck her. And it's like, whoa, Freud, like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you want to fuck your mom, but I don't know. That's, you know, I, I don't know. That's odd. But um, essentially what it is, is a kind of a psychological or an emotional sorting between two different types of women. 
And this is common among men where they want to filter them into one or one another category, which is actually something that people do like uh, emotional mental sorting is something that we do with a lot of people, right? It's like essentially what we're trying to do, if you, if you were to boil it down psychologically, you're trying to create a friends dynamic, right? Or like a sitcom where it's like you have a person, like this person is this person and they go into this category and they need to ma- remain consistent within that category. Why people have a lot of time when they go through like rapid self-growth or self-delusion, either one, yeah. they both have the same response with people is that they like lose friends or separate themselves from people. So it's really common, not just within... Uh, men to women, but men that haven't really like reconciled this or acknowledged it will a lot of times like put people into two different categories. The Madonna, which is like um, to be held on a pedestal and worshiped. And then like the whore who's due to be like used and is generally more fun. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you have the wife slash mother, your kids, and then your secretary who's 25 and like has big tits. You know what I mean? It's like, you can objectify, but you don't want to objectify the mother of your children. It's a weird thing. Whenever that person starts becoming like, Oh, this is like that person then you think differently about the mother of your children versus like some strange, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Who's also objectifying you right, right back. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it's a strange situation. And a lot of times, and this manifested in different ways, like our concept of relationships and marriage are much different than they used to be. Yeah. Like people used to have, I mean, marriage for a long time, I mean, more, more time than not in my, in my opinion here is like, it was a transfer of property. So everybody had mistresses and side pieces, women, men, whatever, especially if you were the more, the more wealthy you were, the more side pieces you could have. Right? Yeah. Because marriage isn't, wasn't it what wasn't it is about today that. where it's like this fulfilling co- coming together exactly. and building a life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think even in a lot of times, like if you look at how even open relationships manifest, a lot of times it's how it goes. You have, it's, it is what it is. And I think it's, it makes sense and it does make a lot of sense, right? It's like, okay, like here's somebody I can, and a lot of it's evolutionary as well. Like you look at it and you think, Here's when I can invest my time. This person, and it's it's about a, it's not a necessarily a virtue thing, but it's like there is something evolutionarily that says if this person had and think about it, you're right. Your genes are selfish, right? So they want the most safe environment for your offspring, which is a man. It's like invest into a woman who has your children. Also, for evolutionary advantage, fuck anybody who will let you. And get them all pregnant too, because maybe those kids don't survive and you don't give them that much resources, but maybe they do. And your genes notice that, right? So it's like, why the, why the fuck not invest over here and then have like these other relationships on the side when whatever, and that, and that's the, we can go back to like brutal. We can look at this in, in, in terms of like chimpanzees and mm-hmm. like rape and aggressive thing. Like it's like, this, this is a lot of the times where this stuff comes from. It's evolutionarily there. Yeah. Right. So it's crazy. It's wild, but, it, and it makes sense. So you have to understand like, one of the things people will do is be like, oh, that's so fucked up. I don't feel that way. It's like acknowledge the fact that you fucking do because it's it's in it's in you before you existed. It's evolution, mm-hmm. right? It's psychology. It's the development of the human mind. And then try and integrate those things. So it's like, okay, but can't I recognize that and then change my behavior to kind of accommodate the way that I want to be versus the way that I'm kind of hardwired to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, society doesn't help at all, right? Like... Look at all of our, look at the difference in Sandra D and Rizzo on Greece. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's it. It's, it's reinforced. Now, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Some people would say it's societally enforced. It's a societal thing. It's enforced via our culture. Yes. Or somebody may say it's evolutionarily there and psych- psychologically already there. And then our stories manifest out of our precondition, which is what like Jordan Peterson would say, right? Religion comes from a precondition. And that narrative structure is 
is more of a symbolic expression than it is a fact of something that was already there, a narrative structure that's already there. That's why Christianity is so much different to other, or so much similar to other religions and how there's always common tenets within religious beliefs. And I'm kind of all over the place here, but so it's interesting, right? So I, I believe that it's already there kind of hardwired and in the same way that manifests itself in like Sandra D and Rizzo we could find numerous examples, I'm sure. So, or Friday Night Lights, um, uh, Lila, oh, Lila, Lila and, and Tyra, Lila and Tyra. Yep. It's, yeah, it, it, it's there. Yeah, right. So I I love that explanation. That's so good, and I know that this is something that we've talked about within our own relationship, and it's something that I wouldn't say you've struggled with, but it's been you know front of mind in certain ways. And what I've noticed is that uh, how do I say this? You've been giving me the good D, as you like to put it, and it feels like I have been more sexualized in your brain, and I'm totally projecting this, and we haven't talked about this at all, so this is real time. Um, You've been sexualizing me more and putting me more into that category and having somewhat of an easier time with that. I'm making this up. I would love for you to just share where it was coming up for you and where you are with it now. I mean, I'm not thinking about I'm like not super conscious of it now. As much as I didn't, I don't think about it as much as I do. I just kind of like yeah. go on with my life and I have moods certain days and I do want to do certain things. I think because we do explore with other women, that helps a lot with me personally, just because it's, I don't know, maybe it makes, it's like, again, that's kind of taboo. So that makes me feel kind of whatever. And then I project that onto you and you're also involved in the same thing. And it's like, it just kind of all is in this like hodgepodge where it makes that, it makes that more accessible to me. Do you think in that dynamic too, you see me in a different way. Like if I'm going down on a girl or I'm yeah. watching you with someone, yes. you see me differently. Yes. I'm no longer Kelly, the future wife. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh-huh. you're playing, that's the thing too. It's like, if you're going to, if you want to be, if you want to explore that and try to help your partner integrate that, right? Because it's an, oh, <laughs> be careful with this. It's not all the man's responsibility. Right. Right. If you also play into that narrative structure, Right. And it's a narrative, just like what mainstream media has a narrative. The CIA has a narrative and you have a narrative for structure for what you want to be perceived as. If you're playing into the Madonna side of that and then you're complaining about not being treated like a sexual being. Now, it's not just your fault, but it's half your fault. Right. I wouldn't say fault. It's both responsibilities. Yeah. Responsibility. Exactly. Well, I mean, I would say it's it's not a responsibility. And if it's if it's an if it's an issue, then there is some fault there. Right. And it's both of your responsibility. It's not now, then it's your responsibility to fix it once you realize there's something amiss. Uh-huh. So then it becomes a responsibility. And my, this is my like linguistic way of approaching that. Okay. But looking at that, it's like, yeah, I think that there's a place to go into that. That's why I think even if it's just fantasy, right? It's not even like bringing other people in or whatever. I mean, this is, this is where I uh, align with someone more like, Esther Perel than I do someone like Chris Ryan, where it's like this, there's an infinite variety of things you can do to like, quote unquote, spice things up or change things up or throw a curveball. But then here's the risk, right? Is that if you do do that and then that, that deviates, if you're, if you're say, let's just use a man and a woman for this example, if the woman like wants that and then starts to behave differently or say some things or do some things that puts her more in that like slut category and the dude's not ready for that or didn't want that, then that might throw things off for him and have him very conflicted without understanding exactly why. It's something you got to communicate. Mm, can you speak more on that? Well, because I'm saying like, if you throw the curveball, right, it's kind of on the person who throws the curveball that needs to be, if you're ready to throw a curveball, like you need to communicate that. Mm-hmm. 
Because the whole point is to mix somebody up. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? So if, if, if you all of a sudden like come out of nowhere and start saying things and like in that guy's mind, you have now like you occupy this like mostly Madonna side of, of the spectrum here. Well, then now you've broken essentially an agreement that you two had that was unspoken. Right. Which we didn't. We talked about this early on. So we never had we had an unspoken agreement to the contrary. I like that. I think it's really interesting And I think that it can be an extremely confusing thing if you're not talking about it. But I also feel like people don't know how to communicate about this because they don't even know what's coming up for them. Well, I know. Yeah. How to communicate about it too. One, you got to acknowledge that. Right. And I, I, again, Esther Perel, like it's made in captivity. It's like, it's the best best about this kind of thing. Right. And I think it's also an argument for, even if you're doing it, in real life or in fantasy and your own thing is like bringing it, like making up Becky. Yes. Right. The make believe archetype that we created of like, Oh, and it was a communication between like, what does she look like? We kind of made this fake person. And then that person isn't a thing. Right. So like, they're not a real person. They don't have feelings. It's just an imaginary person. And then you can see like how your dude talks about her. Mm-hmm. Right. And then knowing that that person is really just a manifestation of your own imagination. Right. So then you can kind of integrate those two things together. But you got to see, because most women that are like in long-term relationships are married to these guys. And it, it may not be, this may not be the case for everybody, but a lot of times it's like, you've never seen how that person is with someone that they're just fucking, you know, that's yeah. just, that's also just fucking them. You know, not that everybody's been in that situation, but a lot of people have, most mm-hmm. people have. And so you don't know what that person's like in that situation. You don't know what that person's like when they go on a Tinder date or a Bumble date. And it's like, we are like, this isn't going anywhere besides the fucking, you know, bedroom. Or the fucking, I don't know, bathroom, car, wherever you end up, you know, depending on what kind of thing you're in. So it's like, <laughs> it's like you don't know that person in that situation. So you need to like get them in, a, get them in an environment where they feel safe, like expressing that. And then see if you can tap into that in some other way that's healthy. So, oh, this is, this is going places I did not anticipate. I'm really liking this. Kelly, do you know how important it is to stay moist? Ooh, on the inside. I love being moist. On the inside. But and I the love outside. to drip on the outside. <laughs> drip, drip. Well, you can't do any of that if you're not hydrated. Oh, it's so true. How do you stay hydrated, Connor? Well, I hammer element all the time. Just hammer. drinking it all the time. Yeah. Grapefruit, watermelon, lemon habanero, lemon lime. Doesn't matter. You I sound just drink like it. such a white person when you say habanero. 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 I'm not. Why would I Can ever you get try to do that? Kayla, this is America. Okay. You're a piece of shit. I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking of here. I'm not going to let Joe Biden tell me how I say habanero. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I wonder how he says habanero. You know the thing, the spicy one. <laughs> it's like jalapeno, but hotter. Um, yeah. Well, I don't even know where to go from there. Yeah, but no, listen, element's good. And no one, you're not hydrated enough. And it's that time of year where you're out there doing the thing. If you're having all day marathon sex, if you're hiking, if you're sauning, if you're doing CrossFit, if you're just working out, if you're doing a keto diet, if you're breastfeeding, if your titties are full of milk, (laughs) then yeah. You know, if your titties are responsible for bringing life to a child via food delivery. We have a friend who is breastfeeding now, Sarah Small. She hosts the Uncensored Empath. She talks about this personally. It's actually really helped her in her breastfeeding journey. It supplies more milk and it keeps you hydrated while you're giving so many nutrients to your baby. Yeah, I would think that you replace replenishing your like magnesium mm-hmm. and electrolytes. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a big job. It is. Being are you ready food, for Being that? the food factory for a child. I'm not breastfeeding. <laughs> I mean, no, nothing sucking on my teeth. 
<laughs> what if your what if your breast milk ends up tasting like like element? Like lemon habanero. So <laughs> so Poor good. baby's like. <laughs> 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 like when it's you like, give a baby a lemon and they make that face, yeah. that's what's going to happen. That'd be so funny. <laughs> uh, but we love Element here. Um, we're actually going to be giving Element to everyone at our wedding because we're really nice people. Yeah. Um, but we believe in it wholeheartedly. It's something we really do. I'm drinking at least two a day. Yeah. Um, and it's helped us, especially at altitude when it's at really dry. It's been 95 it's degrees hot, yeah. every day. We don't have air conditioning. So we're just sweating up a storm. And like Connor said, we've been fucking like rabbits the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> I've been needing that Element in my life. They also, it's going to be getting cold. So they say in about a month, we do the chocolate hot, like a hot, salty, hot chocolate with a little, I put a little drop of stevia in there and that shit is bomb. So yeah, you do like half water, half uh, almond milk or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So whose code are we using? Mine. Or should we give both? Mine, dude. So they have no, the option. Absolutely not. Okay, fine. Tell them your code. Drink element, D-R-I-N-K element T.com slash wanders. And you'll get an eight pack sampler for just uh, yeah, the price the of new, shipping. The new sampler with the new flavors in it. Yes, you get the new flavor. Just for five bucks. I but also that. pick up some watermelon. But also use the code Kelly T if you need to or have already no, used his code. Absolutely not. Okay, thanks. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Enjoy. My question from this is I'm someone who and my family and dear friends have told me about this. It's like one of their fears. I think Steven even talked to you about this is I tend to conform. So I will become who I need to be in the relationship. And oftentimes I think that that can lead to a betrayal of self because I am, a, I have been a people pleaser. And so let me just be the woman you want me to be. I think that there's a healthy level of this in which it's kind of to what you were just speaking to. When I see you, and how you are with a girl you're just fucking, how do I integrate parts of that and what entices you about that into who I am and our dynamic while still staying strong in who I am? Does that make sense? So for example, you'll say things about girls about if they're wearing an outfit or if their hair is a certain way or if they did a photo shoot a certain way and I will go and recreate that in my own way that feels good for me because I know that that's something you're attracted to about someone outside of our relationship, some hot girl who I'm like, yeah, she's super hot too. And I am with you. And I try to integrate that. I don't tell you like, Ooh, I'm going to go do this thing now. I just like kind of bring it in. And I don't even know if you notice. Yeah. You don't, you're shaking your head no. <laughs> but I do that. And I notice that you are more attentive and you will make more comments when that is the case. And I think that it's a really organic way to kind of bridge the gap between I'm the woman that you wake up to every single day. And I can also be this like novel piece of ass that you want to fuck because I'm tapping into what I am witnessing you be attracted to. Well, that's part of being able to communicate that. Like how right. many people can have that conversation, right? You know, any of your partners into women, if you're you know, then it's different because then it's like, oh, we, do you agree or disagree? And then we can like argue about whether girls are attractive or not, which is so, it's like so fun. I don't know why. Why do you love that so much? It's just much. so, it's just funny. It's like such a fun situation to be in where you're like, what? Like, you don't think she's hot or whatever? And it's like, you're like, she's too muscly. And I'm like, oh God, okay, fine, whatever. But it's just like fun. I don't know. It's, why is it, why would that not be fun? I don't know. And it also brings in like, it's like a, it's just like a fun flirt. It's almost like flirting in our own little way. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's, I think there's a fine line too, right. Between like noticing that and playing into it, like playing into it versus trying to become something. 
something you're not, right? Like we have a friend who just did a photo shoot like in a kiddie pool in like a warehouse. That would be weird for you to do. Correct. It would be, it would be awkward and yes. cumbersome, right? So if you were like trying to do shit like that where it's like, that's a separation from yourself versus like, oh, this is something I kind of want to do. I'm noticing what my partner, and same, we, guys do the same thing. This isn't like expected of women to just like acquiesce to whatever somebody wants. Like this is the thing that I think healthy partnerships do where you notice something that like gets somebody going. Maybe they didn't even notice that, it, you know, that they've got them going or that it was like a, a scene in a movie or so, you know, you could be watching cruel intentions or some shit. And right. you're like, Oh, like obviously he was into that or she was into that. Huh, I'll be bring that into the situation. You know, maybe I like ride this wave or maybe we like pause the movie. You know, all these kind of things can work. Well, and I think it's, you do a really good job of listening to me share things or you're just very keen to what turns me on. And so you find your own ways. You're not like putting on sexy outfits and doing a thing. Although if you want to dress up in lingerie, I'm here for it. Oh my God. Uh, I will video it and make sure that you all see it. Um, But you do a really good job of integrating that and it makes me feel like you're really in tune with what I want, whether that's you're talking to me about some scenario with another girl of me being with another girl or something that I've brought up. And so, you know, you're tying me up a certain way or you're fucking me a certain way. And that makes me feel sexier because I feel like you're in tune with me and you're listening to me just like, even though you're not aware it's happening, I'm doing these things and integrating them into how I'm showing up. And so I think that, you know, people think that we have this, you know, magical relationship that's couples goals. And so funny how people project that onto other people. Yeah. I've seen that with lots of other, anybody who talks about this kind of stuff online. Yeah. Well, it's like Jordan and Alexa. I mean, they just launched a program for couples called couple goals, which I think is so brilliant. And if you don't know Alexa Martinez and Jordan Bowditch, um, Alexa is the host of that sex chick within our soul fire family. Um, and they're dear friends of ours in Austin. They're incredible sex educators. They just launched this program. I think it's sold out, um, at this point, but they're working with couples and how to do a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. They also have a a monogamous relationship. Um, But if you don't know them, please go listen to their show, follow them. They're both such incredible people. We adore them, but people put that on them as well. And actually Alexa posted something yesterday about how they have sex two to three times a week and people think they're just fucking all day. And I commented, I said, people think that about Connor and I too. Like we're fucking like rabbits all day long. I'm like, hi, I have a life. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes they don't have sex for a week and they sometimes have sex like six times in a week. Like, yeah. you know, it just a bit like whatever, two weeks ago, we were just like fucking a lot. Yeah. But like, I was like, Oh wow. This is like, this is nice. Forever, mm-hmm. I got in the mood for some reason. You did. I liked it. Um, for every reason, this new house has been good for our sex life. I believe oh, that's um, cause you're out here and I'm in the house. Yeah. Distance separation. Yeah. Um, space. What were we talking about though? I don't know. I cut you off. You did. I'm sorry. Oh, couples goals and people projecting that on people. Yeah. It's interesting how people put, put that out there, but I mean, it's, you work through the things, you know, like we were just having a conversation last night, which I, I'm going to let you decide how much of that you want to share. But it was like, you come into terms with some things that are like uncomfortable for you to figure out about your own like sexuality, like what your needs are. And you like have, all why don't the, you tell everyone what you got from that conversation? What, so, what you think my needs are? I'd love well, to no, it was this. so, it was so funny. Cause you're like, okay. So there's a person, how about, I don't know how much I can share about this. There is a person that we've like entertained the idea of inviting into our little situation numerous times. And Kelly has oh, shot yeah. this down oh. like for, for like for, a year and a half. Oh yeah. Well over a year. Even like, you've been like hard no. And then you're like, I've actually wanted to hook up with her for a long time. And I'm like, wait, what? No, no, then- no, no. It was me crying 
finally saying the thing and I was like I need to tell you something and you're gonna think it's so stupid and blah blah blah. and I said I have actually wanted to hook up with this person for a year and a half and it stressed me out and I finally got the balls up to say something to her and I was just having a whole moment I know but the thing was uh, like that whole conversation slash argument that turned into a conversation was around some stuff and it was like the funny thing what I took away was like you it's like you don't you you downplay how much you like slash sometimes need to be with a woman and I'm like it doesn't bother it doesn't bother me I'm like do do, do your like do what you need to do here like I'm I'm into it whatever and especially because I'm like we're coming up to the part of the year where I'm gone for like days at a time on a regular basis I may be home two days out of a week if I'm lucky that's what I want to be doing you know what I mean so it's like there's plenty of time for you to do whatever and like send me some texts that may not come through until like two days later which is also kind of fun where like I finally get service again after being in the mountains and it's like but you're like oh hey what's going on here you know it's like that's it's like a fun time for that but we have a situation where you get so bound up and like you overthink shit about this whole situation when really all you needed to do was to like get with a girl for a little while mm-hmm. you know what i mean and you just mm-hmm. like you had that and then you know you don't and it's like it clearly it's like for me on the outside it's so much easier like you notice shit about me right and like what i need to do like you need to fucking meditate you're getting all you know and i know you notice it before i do same thing with this. I'm like, Jesus, are you like not just not acknowledging the fact that you like want to get with a woman by yourself and like have that time and do whatever? Like, it's like you're in denial of it, which is the weirdest thing. Well, I think it's so funny to watch. Yeah, I do get really wound up. I think the thing too is though, I actually, you're right. Having a threesome is one thing. I really need to be alone with a woman. Like I really need that right now. Yeah. And as much as I'm so tired of people thinking I'm a threesome expert and like so good at doing this because I don't think I'm great. Uh, I might be more advanced than you at home who is like, whoa, this is a lot, but I'm definitely not an expert. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure with that because I do talk about it and I am open about it. And I, I have figured some shit out. And at the same time, I'm still struggling with this whole thing of how much I want it or slash need it like you're talking about. And it fucks with me and I I don't have answers and it's confusing. And I think it's confusing too, because we're going into this new stage of life and we're getting married and I'm going to be on fucking hormones for IVF in three months. And so it's just this whole transition happening and I don't really know what to do with myself. And I'm, this is also part of the conversation of what I said to you is I am scared to say I need to be alone with a woman because I'm scared you're going to respond with the same thing and I'm going to have a fucking panic attack. And you keep saying that's not what's happening. It's not like a you get to do this. So I get to do this. You're like, this is our dynamic. I get to set up most of these things. I really enjoy that. You go be with a woman alone. Like, let me know how it is. And that works for us and for you. Yeah. But also you being with women doesn't negatively impact our relationship. No, it helps it. You exactly. you were literally like the dogs are happier when you're fucking other girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for all of us. It's good for all of us. Yeah. Um, Cause I was like, this is just, I was like dealing with this is annoying to me. Okay. At but this point. <laughs> tell everyone what is it? How do I become when I'm like this? And how do you know that you're like, wow. well, I think it's a part of yourself to be honest. I think it's a part of yourself that you kind of like resent slash like are resistant to. Totally. And so like, it doesn't matter what that is. It doesn't matter what that is. Maybe there's like, if you're trying to kind of block a part of yourself, like it manifests in like stress or anxiety or whatever, like you're more anxious about this whole thing whenever you're not like doing that. And it's yeah. like clearly, and like even that time that we came down, you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize how bad I needed that. I'm like, yeah, you know? The time you got kicked out of your own threesome? Yeah, which was fine. That was a great day. It was a great day. It's pretty funny. 
<laughs> oh, memories. But yeah, yeah. it's it just, it just, you know, it's just like anything, anything else. You just bind up. You know, it's like me if I don't talk about fucking geopolitics or whatever the fuck I want to talk about or do politically homeless for a week if I'm like off or something's happening. It's like I'm like it's like a part of myself isn't getting out. So yeah. I get all fucking weird. Yeah. And that's normal. I think. I don't know. I'm not that normal, but you know how it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so that brings me into another conversation we've been having the last few nights. Okay. Which I think is really interesting about cheating. Oh, God. I actually think this is a really helpful conversation to have. Wait, this is all brought on by Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yes. That's why I was talking about it because of what's his name? Oh. Somebody was cheating on somebody. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Jason Street and Lila Garrity. Well, they're children, so that's a different thing. I think it was, it was maybe it was the... Oh, Lila's dad yeah. and Tyra's mom. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever was going on. I hope you guys have watched Friday Night Lights. I'm on round two right now. Um. Anyway, so what you said is that if I cheated on you, you wouldn't leave me. Well, I, it's very circumstantial. But it was like, so that the dude on the show was having like, had, had been having affairs, like their whole relationship, different conversation right. than what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I mean, it's you not, said it's if, not, you, it's not if a, it's I made a like mistake, a, you weren't just going to leave. It's not a me. guaranteed like this is let's, let's burn this thing down. Right. If shit happens. I don't know. It just it seems like it seems immature and weird. I don't I don't uh, maybe. But like it just depends on this. It, it's so circumstantial. It's like right. I wouldn't be like if this, then that. Like that's just so that's that amount of certainty I feel like is incredibly naive. Well, but, yeah, because if I came home to you and I was like, hey, I've been sleeping with this guy for three months and I'm in love with him. I, that's a different conversation than, hey, I got drunk and I was out with my friends and fucking shit went down. Yeah. It's also funny because if I did that with a girl, you'd be stoked and that's not considered cheating in our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's really interesting. Note to self, only cheat with women. No, I think, um, I think this is an important conversation because this is not how I feel currently. It feels very uncomfortable for me to say, yeah, if you sleep with someone else, then I won't leave you. That is gut wrenching to me because it feels like I'm giving you permission to go do this thing. Well, it's also like, yeah, life happens. We're fucking adults. And also like, please don't do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, it's, you know, shit's just fucking life's crazy. It is. And I, and who the fuck knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years. Like it's, no, I'm talking like course. real life. You got kids, you got th- like, it's, it's a different thing. Well, and this is part of why we have the dynamic we do so that we can have a successful relationship. You and I have both watched a majority of people in our lives have shitty relationships and cheat and leave. And you've been in scenarios yourself. I've been in scenarios myself. And we wanted to, from day one, have a dynamic that would lead to a healthy relationship so that we weren't needing to go have sex with someone else and lie to our partner where we could have healthy conversation around, Hey, I need to go be with a woman alone or, Hey, you speak up when you need a threesome. I also know when you need a threesome, you get all weird. It's the same when you need to shave your face. You like need to fucking throw a curveball in life. You're like, I need this thing. And so I know that. And I think that's an important part of the conversation so that you're not needing to go out and be with someone else. Well, and I think too, right. As we talked about like this being that person that you are when you're like trying to get laid, let's call it that. Right. Because you don't really, you like don't want to be emotionally invested at this point, like all that emotionally invested in finding anyone. That means I get to go do stuff on my own and like bring someone home, which is like, then I get to be that person for a little while, which I can't, I just, there's no, there's no me being that person with you. Right. It's just not good. It's like, and it's, it's impossible because it's like, what, how, unless I can like erase my memory for a day and just forget who you are. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a different thing. And it, that, I'm not ashamed of myself to say that. 
that it's fun to like tap into that, like that person who like I was for a lot of my life. If I really enjoy that person, you know, so why not? Mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. And then we get to days that we both win. Yeah. It's like a win. And that's, that's, we're lucky. We got to acknowledge that. We are. Well, I think I want to go back to this though. So for me, it ma- it makes me uncomfortable to say, if you cheat on me, I won't leave you because it feels like a permission slip. Just because somebody doesn't leave you doesn't mean it's going to be fun (laughs) or easy to deal with. I know. Um, And I I really feel like that's the biggest thing. But what also comes up for me at the same time is this conversation we've had on this show multiple times about not owning each other. There is no guarantee. We talked about this. (laughs) We talked about this in OK Babe last week when we were talking about getting marriage and our beliefs on marriage when we're a monogamish couple. I don't believe that just because we're getting married that we're going to be together forever. Would I love that at right now? Yes. I hope that we're together forever and we go through all the iterations of our relationship and we raise babies and do all the things. And that sounds amazing. And I hope we are deeply happy and fulfilled. And at the same point, I'm not stupid. Things can change. Like one of us could die and have to move on. We could end up hating each other in 10 years. Yeah, like, I, could, I could also just like kill you and bury you in the backyard. I know we have three acres. There's so much I know, room. So much room. For activities. <laughs> for burying bodies. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I realized that. And so I think it's important to understand that just because you get married doesn't mean that someone is not going to decide that they want to be with someone else at some point or that they need a different dynamic of the relationship. And I think it's important to let go of that control and that need to hold on to someone so tightly. And I have been working on that for two years and it has been very challenging for a lot of it to be okay with giving you the freedom and space to be who you are and get what you need out of life. You're so much better at creating that space for me. And I'm really grateful for that because I feel free and I feel safe to explore and really express myself. So I don't know. I think that's where I am. And I'm sure it's something that I'll come to terms with, I guess, or embrace, not come to terms with that feels like I'm being forced to feel a certain <laughs> way, but really embrace. Yeah, uh, what's it called whenever you have, whenever it's, oh, what's that thing where you have your, like you develop a relationship with your kidnappers or you become comfortable with your oh, Stockholm I, syndrome. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked up. But anyways, you're I don't know. You're, it, it's, you're I a just, prisoner, you're, a, you're a sex prisoner in our, <laughs> in my, in my, in our lair here. Yeah. In our lair. No, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like a lot of people probably struggle with this conversation. Cheating is fucked up, but a lot of people do it. Hi, welcome to 2021 where the divorce rate is over 300%. And it's up 300%. Or up, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's up 300%. People are getting three divorces a year. <laughs> Divorcing people they don't even fucking know. Uh, but I also, I this part of why I'm with you is because you're really grounded and pragmatic. And you said to me, if you made one mistake and we were at a point where, you know, we're married, we have kids, we're doing the thing. Why would I throw my whole life away with you? And I really, that meant a lot to me because that one shows that's how much you love me. And you said that. And two, it's like, yeah, some people do make mistakes and forgiveness is important. And that's up to everyone's discretion in their life. But well, I know. And also grow the fuck up. Like this is the, it's a real, it's like, I don't know. Like we're fucking human beings. Like let's, let's just be, let's be honest here. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It is what it is. Crazy times. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool, tight. Good talk. <laughs> so, babe, are you going to be out there trolling for strange or what? Probably. I mean, I have thought about the fact you're going to be gone quite a bit. And yeah, I have some thoughts. Slash what do you mean some thoughts? In mind. 
Well, I had two times where I had like one-on-one dates with girls set up while you were, you were supposed to be gone and then you were gone the other time and both ended up falling through. But I thought, oh, this would be really fun. I'm going to go and he's not going to know about it. And then I can tell him about it later or like send him a photo of like me and some random girl he's never seen before out to dinner together. (laughs) I was like, this would be really fun. And it's not, I mean, hooking up is great, but it's more just like, Hey, I did this thing that I know you think is hot without you knowing. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like out talking to this girl. So I've thought about doing stuff like that. And I don't know, like having sleepovers and shit like that. I just think it's fun. (laughs) It's for me, just being with women and being held, even in a non-sexual way is just really profound. I'm having my bachelorette here next month and I have seven of my best friends flying into town. And not that this is about sex. This is a weird transition, but I'm really excited because we all kind of have this understanding of intimacy with each other. Whenever our group is together, we hold each other's hands, we sleep in beds together, we snuggle, you know, we're showering together, we're changing together, we're having the most intimate conversations you could possibly have, sharing things we've never shared with anyone before. And I know that part of my cup needs to be filled. And so I'm really looking forward to that because it's just, and being in our home and being out here in nature with the girls, that's really nourishing for me. And it really, it fills me up in a way that you just can't do for me because you're not a woman. And I don't have that type of relationship with you. I have a very different, beautiful, intimate relationship with you. And so I don't know, I feel like that's something I'm really looking forward to just being with them. And I think it'll fill me up in a a big way. I'll fill you up. Um, Hey, all right. Well, cool. anything else, babe? No, I feel you like... You think we covered it? I think we covered it. Did we do it? I hope that was helpful. If you have questions about cheating or, you know, breaking up or threesomes or what else did we talk about? Uh, being called a slut. <laughs> Get slutty. We're here for you and we love you. And thanks for listening. I like that we're doing this again. Yeah, it's fun. I miss this. You too. Okay. Okay, bye. Love you, bye.